Let us pray. Lord, teach us how to give out love and how to let love come in. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's really good to be here. Even if the reason that I'm here and even people like Daniel Strandlin are here is, is a sad thing. It is really good to be here and I want to thank John and Bishop Glenda for inviting me to, to be in a place where I have not been for over seven years. I want to ask you all to do something for me. I want you to repeat after me. Don't say and also with you, just repeat after me, okay? <laughs> the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Now turn to your neighbor and say the same thing. Well done. Well done. Don't get too crazy on me. We've got a lot to do this morning. Now, repeat after me. The peace of the Lord be with me. One more time. If you don't hear anything else, I hope you will hear this. It comes from somebody down in Lower Alabama where I'm now serving. And he actually went to church here at St. Stephen's back when uh, the church was in a trailer, so to speak. And he called me last week to kind of talk about what happened. And, and he said something that I was not sure if he was asking a question or making a remark. And he said in the middle of our conversation, well, Russell, you sure must be proud of the people at St. Stephen's. And I was a little bit curious about that, and so I did what Jesus does, you know, and I answered his question with a question. <laughs> Why do you ask? And he says, you know, I've been following it all. I've, I've been, been watching the news. I watched all the funerals. I've read every sermon and letter that the clergy have written. I've been following social media. And Russell, all I hear and see from those people is love. God, I want you all to hear that. I want you to know that. All I hear and see is love. Heck yeah, I'm proud. Today is all about love too. Today we will take one more step, or maybe a few, into healing and hope. We will march down that hall, cross over the threshold of your parish hall, and we will, as your clergy wonderfully named in a letter to you, we will reclaim that space. I really like that word. We will reclaim that space as holy ground. Indeed, that place has, has always been holy ground. Surely the Lord's presence was there when a lot of us we're there before it was ever built. Y'all remember, we, we circled around a great big hole. We passed around shovels. And then Jane Pounds and Lindsay Davis took one of those shovels into the middle and dug a hole. Remember as well that that place is held together not just by nails and screws. It is held together by prayers and hopes inscribed all over the structure and slab. The Lord's presence was there when we broke a lot of laws and snuck in on Easter Vigil before it was done and baptized some babies. <laughs> the Lord's presence was in that place the day we, we got real messy and we, we put together a whole lot of bags of food 
And when we were done, we had hundreds of maybe thousands, I don't remember how many bags of food, but there was rice everywhere, everywhere. Bless Maria Elena. And the Lord was rocking and rolling the last time I ever was in that space when my daughter Hannah and Logan were married. That space was, is, and always will be holy ground. Nothing in this world can change that. It is a place where many have heard the brush of angels' wings and seen the glory of God. And that's going to go on. But today is not just about bricks and mortar. It's not just about reclaiming a space. Might we also dare to claim this day as a day to reclaim our life and purpose as God's people? To, to use this day as a chance to cross over the threshold of our fear and our pain and our grief to reclaim the fire of God's love for our lives and to guide us. We have this very familiar story of an unlikely hero that we know as the Good Samaritan. A man who risked his very life to cross over a road to save a stranger's life. What must I do to, to inherit eternal life? The lawyer asked Jesus, what is written in the law? Jesus asked the lawyer, there we go. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and you will love your neighbor as yourself. Got it, Jesus says. Do this and you will live. It could have ended right there, couldn't it? I mean, do this and you will live? That's pretty clear. Unless you're a lawyer. <laughs> Sorry, Rocco. <laughs> the lawyer, we are told, wants to justify himself, which in legal language is a way of saying he wants to know the limits of the contract. He's not asking who his neighbor is. He's asking who is not my neighbor. Where is the, the edge of the law? Who can I not love? And that's when this story points us into the very heart of God. You see, a first century Jew would have been appalled, disgusted, when Jesus drops the punchline and a Samaritan drew near and was moved with pity. Jews and Samaritans despised each other and it, that mutual hatred, was a matter of religion. Imagine that. <laughs> Scholar Amy Jill Levine summed it up this way, Jews and Samaritans both follow the Torah, not just the same version. They both worshiped in a temple, just not the same one. <clears throat> they both claimed to be God's chosen people. They just did not ever consider that God may choose a few more people. And yet Jesus does not seem to care about his religious wrong at all with this Samaritan, right? Never mind what he believes. Never mind where he goes to church. Look at what he does with his life. The Samaritan gets involved when the people who should have gotten involved were indifferent. You know, there's a whole lot of ideas as to why the priest and the Le Levite 
just kind of stood back on the curb and don't get involved. And if this was Tuesday morning men's Bible study, we'd have a whole lot of fun with that. Maybe they were late for a very important date. Maybe it was a matter of religious purity. Maybe it was something a little bit darker like racism. But at least today I'm compelled by Martin Luther King. Did you know that he preached on this story in Memphis the night before he was killed? And Dr. King suggests that the reason these two religious leaders remained indifferent was fear. Dr. King goes on. The first question the priest and Levite asked was, if I stop and help this man, what's going to happen to me? But the Samaritan reversed the question, if I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? For all that is wrong about this guy from Samaria, he's the hero. It's the Samaritan who steps off the curb of his own comfort and security. He crosses the road. You notice all those details? And he gives up everything in a sense. He risks his life to save this man's life. A man who very well would have rather seen him dead than to be rescued by. Which of these three proved to be a neighbor? The one who showed mercy. The one who stepped over his fear. The one whose heart was broken. The one who got involved. Now here we are, it's our turn. Nothing's changed. We too are called to get involved, to cross over the threshold, whatever that might be for you, to step over our own fear, prejudice, and pain, to step out of this building, to step over into this world, to reclaim again who we are called to be, to love this world and everyone in it as God loves. I mean, that is the answer, isn't it? Who is my neighbor? Everyone. I was looking at this, this beautiful creation over here, and there's a little pink one over here. And all it says is, love all. I wish Jesus had put a few limits on it, especially given why we're here today. I wish Jesus was a bit more realistic, especially given in this world in which we live. I really wish Jesus had been a bit more guarded and discriminate about giving out love. Go and do likewise. Are you, are you ready? If you hesitate, me too. It's okay. If you're still back there on the curb with the priest and the Levite, then listen just for a couple more minutes, I promise. For this story is not just about what we are called to do, it is about what has been done for us. You see, for in truth, we're the man in the ditch. Those who have been beat up, torn down, worn out by all the chaos of this world. Those in need of a good Samaritan. Those in need of a Savior. So maybe before we try to do anything, let's first reclaim what God has done for us. 
I mean, we're here today because God crossed over. In Christ Jesus, God crossed over the sea between heaven and earth to get involved with you and with me, with us. In Christ Jesus, God invested everything, risked everything to heal us, to forgive us, and to love us into life. You know what that looks like? It, it looks like what happens every time we come to an altar rail. Right? Every time that we lift up our lives, lift up our hands, we take God's life into our life in this meal, we too are reclaimed. We too are redeemed. We are restored. We are born again. I always tell folks, if anybody ever asks you, are you born again? Say, yep, every time I go to church. What a brilliant idea that your clergy have had to dare to place an altar in the middle of that parish hall. Now that's a reclamation. So please hear this. When you come to the altar today, no matter what mess you've made with your life, no matter how much your life is weighed down by this world, no matter how beat up, worn out you may feel. When you reach out your hands, give it to God. And let the gift of God's love come again into your life. Let it heal you. Let it claim you. Let it restore you. And let it, let you be born again into eternal life. The book of Tuesdays with Maury tells of a conversations with between a young student named Mitch and an older man named Maury who's dying and here's one snippet of a conversation Mitch you asked me about caring for people I don't even know I can tell you the one thing that I'm learning the most with this disease what's that Mitch replies the most important thing in life is to learn how to give out love and to let love come in the most important thing in life is to learn how to give out love and to let love come in. St. Stephen's, thank you for giving out so much love that people near and far can actually see it and hear it in you. Keep giving out that love, but don't forget to let love come in. And may that love Cast out all your fear. Restore you, reclaim you to be the people that God wants you to be. Let's try it one more time. The peace of the Lord be with you. Peace of the Lord be with you. Now try this. The peace of the Lord be with me. The peace of the Lord be with me.